0: They have this technology called Blue Wolf that captures photos of Palestinians' faces and matches them to a database of images so extensive that a former soldier described it as the army's secret Facebook for Palestinians. The application flashes in different colors to alert soldiers if a person is to be detained, arrested, or left alone. Red light,
1: (laughs) green light. To
0: build the database used by Blue Wolf, soldiers competed last year in photographing Palestinians, including children and the elderly, with prizes for the most pictures collected by each unit. They've turned occupation into a game.
1: South Africa, but make it Dave and Busters. Exactly. Remember how last episode we reported that the occupation is a safe haven for pedophiles? Now it's come to light that the army is actually incentivized to take pictures of children. A whole army full of pedophiles,
0: huh? Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Palestine Pod, the weekly podcast where we break down the latest headlines dealing with Palestine from all over the world and bring you stories commentary, and interviews with the aim of supporting the Palestinian struggle for justice and equal rights. I'm one of your hosts, Lara E. You might know me from Instagram as at Girl, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mikey B.
1: What's up, y'all? Mikey B on TikTok, Michael Shirtzer on Instagram, and you can call me Mikey Intifada if you're teaching your kids to colonize playgrounds instead of play at them. Worst game of Captured the Flag ever.
0: Dude, those videos were horrifying before we get into today's episode please like comment and subscribe if you hang out with us on youtube and if you're listening on a podcast app please subscribe and leave us a review as always you can find our full episodes and sources on palestinepod.com and if you want to get involved in the conversation reach out to us at palestinepod at gmail.com and give us a follow on instagram for as long as our account exists at the palestinepod We also are doing a lot of really exciting stuff over on Patreon, so if you love the Palestine Pod and you want to support our project, join our Patreon where you can have early access to Palestine Pod episodes every week, an additional one to two podcasts per week, including our latest creation that we call the Patreon Pod, which is a little more laid back, a little more political, pop culture, and monthly Zoom happy hours with Michael and myself. So really exciting stuff. You can find us over on Patreon.com/slash/PalestinePod. I was reading about Israel's facial recognition technology today. Mm-hmm. This explosive article came out in the Washington Post. I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at it.
1: I glanced it. Yeah, it corroborates what we have already known.
0: Hundred percent. Massive, massive surveillance of Palestinians. On their own land by their colonizer, but it's just how racist the whole thing is. So they have this technology called Blue Wolf that captures photos of Palestinians' faces and matches them to a database of images so extensive that a former soldier described it as the Army's secret Facebook for Palestinians. The application flashes in different colors to alert soldiers if a person is to be detained, arrested, or left alone.
1: It's so annoying how pompous they are about their total dragnet surveillance system. Right? You know what I mean? I'd like a just a little more humility. (laughs)
0: Yeah, they're like torture this guy, throw this guy off of you know, like blow up his fishing boat. Like these are the options: red light, (laughs)
1: green light. Yeah, seriously, red light, green light.
0: Seriously, some squid game shit. Listen to this part though. Like this is this to me is just. Wow. How brazen do you have to be to build the database used by Blue Wolf? Soldiers competed last year in photographing Palestinians, including children and the elderly, with prizes for the most pictures collected by each unit.
1: Such weirdos.
0: Just so sick. Like, it's just so sick. They've turned occupation into a game. Like, they've turned... Settler colonialism Literally. into like a competition with cash prizes at the end. You know they what I mean? They said
1: South Africa, but make it Dave and Buster's.
0: Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's like, it's, I mean, what the, like, what is going on?
1: I Truly mean, it, disgusting.
0: Like, it's twisted, but then it's also just the level of amusement, the level of entertainment that they get out of the oppression. It's, it's something that I have never, ever seen in any other situation in recent years. I mean, I, I just have like, it's a game to them. The whole thing is a game to them. Prizes. Like what were the prizes? You know what I mean?
1: Oh, man, let's speculate.
0: (laughs) They don't say. They don't say in the article, but, like, there were prizes. Like, for how many pictures of children you could take to upload them onto this app, which is then going to track all these people for the purpose of reinforcing the oppressive structures of apartheid and settler colonialism.
1: Remember how last episode we reported that the occupation is a safe haven for pedophiles? Now (laughs) it's come to light that the army is actually being like incentivized to take pictures of children isn't that something isn't that isn't that something
0: honestly you got
1: a whole army full of pedophiles huh (laughs) okay bunch of keyboard weirdos oh my
0: god oh my god so then the article goes on to say israel's use of surveillance and facial recognition appear to be among the most elaborate deployments of such technology by a country seeking to control a subject population, according to experts with Digital Civil Rights Organization Access Now. Listen to what the occupation said when they were questioned about their use of this software and technology. In response to questions, Let me guess. <laughs> go you want to guess?
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. They say, we did it to protect Palestinians from themselves. Did you read the article? Didn't read the article. Seriously? Is that what they said? Did you read it? I I swear (laughs) to God, I didn't read the article. (laughs) Is that
0: what they said? 100%. 100%. In response Didn't read the article. Yeah. Okay. Then, you know, okay, great. So that's just- Why
1: why do I need to read the article? You know what I mean? They (laughs) have the same same central bank of excuses that they use- (laughs) (laughs)
0: Listen to what they said. This is a direct quote. In response to questions about the surveillance program, Occupation said that, quote, routine security operations were, quote, part of the fight against terrorism and the efforts to improve the quality of life for the Palestinian population in Judea and Samaria.
1: Mm, Yes. I've always said dragnet surveillance is the key (laughs) to improving the living conditions of civilization, not social (laughs) programs, not equality (laughs) under the law, not not being subject to a military occupation, brutal (laughs) tactics. I've always said you just need dragnet surveillance. And I don't know why people don't listen to me, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you got a point there. But then here, but then it goes on. This article is just, you know, it's the gift that keeps on giving, right? and it just goes on and on, and it just gets worse and worse. So it goes on to say that in Hebron, in occupied Hebron, a site that is sacred to Muslims and Jews alike, surveillance cameras have been mounted every three hundred feet, including on the roofs of homes, and this includes real time monitoring. So one of the Palestinians from Occupied Hebron that was interviewed for this article recalled how his six-year-old daughter dropped a teaspoon from the family's roof deck. And although the street appeared empty, soldiers came to his home soon after and said he was going to be cited for throwing stones.
1: They literally, they have built a system that the people who created the CCT surveillance network in the UK would be like, chill out, bruh. It's a bit much.
0: Yeah, this is, I mean, this is one of those things that we see a lot, right? So it's like this notion that Zionists live in one of the most militarized societies in the world, but yet they always claim to fear a Palestinian child, a rock. In this case, it's a teaspoon.
1: A teaspoon.
0: A teaspoon.
1: You (laughs) You ever get murdered by a teaspoon before? You ever... You ever have your house stolen by a teaspoon before?
0: And remember, there on our land, like, okay, so the guy breaks into your house, and you drop a teaspoon, and then he's like, I'm going to In your house. You in your house. He's like, I'm he pulls
1: you. out his damn notebook and starts talking about, actually, it's against the law for you to be dropping teaspoons what law? in your the, house.
0: The law that he just made up. That only applies yeah, to you.
1: Don't, hey, don't don't worry about the law. Don't worry. I, I've got the law here. You know, Ooh. don't worry about the law.
0: It just gets so bad, and then they talk about another database, which is called Wolfpack. Now, so Wolfpack is Blue Wolf on on crack. Okay, so if you thought Blue was Wolf was these
1: people in wolves, <laughs> if you fucking, thought
0: Blue Wolf was
1: they got bad. Lone Wolf soldiers, they got <laughs> Blue Wolf technology. <laughs>
0: And now they got Wolfpack, which is a different database. So if you thought Blue Wolf was bad, wait till you hear about Wolfpack. Wolfpack contains profiles of, and this is, again, I'm quoting the Washington Post, virtually every Palestinian in the West Bank, including photographs of the individuals, their family histories, education, and a security rating for each person.
1: What do you think your rating would be?
0: (laughs) I don't know. What's the scale? Like, what is it? Is it like one to 10? Like, what is it?
1: I'm gonna guess one out of 10. Yeah. I don't know. It's not like they're creative.
0: I have no idea. But this, all of this, when I, you know, I was, as I was reading this, I was reminded of the story that I often tell, which is when I arrived in Palestine at the airport in Tel Aviv and I was taken for questioning one of the things that they did was they gave me this enormous white piece of paper and asked me to start drawing my family tree. I've told you this. And now it all makes sense because, I mean, it's very clear that they were just trying to amass as much data as possible to then use in these programs that they were already in the process of developing and which now, you know, information about them has come to light.
1: Yeah. Hey, they weren't just showing you your grandpa's photo for fun, huh? It was, it had a bigger meaning.
0: Right. And then that was the other thing was when they were showing me pictures of Palestinians and they were asking me to identify them. And I couldn't until the last one, which was my grandfather. And then they said, who is it? And I said, it's my grandfather. And he said, I know. Right. So all of that was like the, 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 you know, the underlying data that was then to be used in these super oppressive technologies and softwares, and now is fully integrated into their facial recognition system and all their cameras that are all over occupied Palestinian land. It's a hot mess. It's a hot, hot mess. And it's like, if you don't give a shit about Palestinians, you might want to give a shit about this because this technology is coming to your hometown. It will. It's just a matter of time. It's already there. It's already there. Like it's already there. And if it's not there, it's on its way.
1: Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg heard that it was described as a private Facebook for Palestinians. And he said, oh, thanks for the plug.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he probably would, though, is the thing. Actually, that's hilarious because the Washington Post article was like, while the former soldier we interviewed described the database as Facebook for Palestinians, it is not connected to Facebook. Like, you know, to protect <laughs> themselves so that they don't get sued, right?
1: <laughs> Washington Post putting like, a buffer.
0: disclaimer. Another former soldier testified to the Washington Post that his unit, which patrolled the streets of Hebron in 2020, was tasked with collecting as many photographs of Palestinians as possible in a given week using an old army-issued smartphone. And reporting back to the unit with all the photos like that's what they do
1: but this is not in any way associated with apple or the iphone technology (laughs) even though apple had a back door directly to israel basically sending them your text messages
0: it's it's just it's so messed up you
1: could be typing to somebody else and israel's typing back to you you know what i'm saying like that's how connected (laughs) they were
0: right 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 so then it's like then i imagine them asking all those questions millions of more times right, to all the Palestinians that came through the airport or all the Palestinians that crossed this one crossing where their soldiers were manned. And it's like the amount of information that they must have on us as a people is just so frightening. It's like they're so obsessed with us.
1: Literally every time You talk to an Israeli influencer or something like that. There's this air of like, I know exactly where you live. I know exactly where you work. I could fucking destroy your life at any moment. Like that's literally how they talk to you all the time, basically. And it makes a lot of sense. Like I've always kind of known that they had this type of system. I didn't know how extensive it was. I imagined it was like this, but the fact that it's corroborated, reported, you know, it's yeah. very clear that they are digital psychopaths.
0: Mariah Carey, why are you so obsessed with me? Like on that level.
1: Why are you so obsessed <laughs> with me? Girl, I wanna. <laughs> that was kind of a bop the way I hit that, was that though? Good. The way I hit
0: that? I know, I forgot. You can like kind of sing.
1: CNET published an article recently on November 3rd called US sanctions NSO group over Pegasus spyware. The commerce department adds the Israeli cybersecurity firm to its entity list, which limits its ability to use American technology. So the United States commerce department on Wednesday announced restrictions on the NSO group, the Israel based cybersecurity firm behind the Pegasus spyware that was uncovered on the phones of activists, journalists, and executives earlier this year. The group was added to the entity list, which limits its ability to use American tech based on evidence that the firm developed and supplied spyware to foreign governments that use these tools to maliciously target government officials, journalists, business people, activists, academics, and embassy workers. The Commerce Department said in a release, the agency added the NSO group tools have also helped foreign governments conduct transnational repression threatening international order the spotlight hit the nso group in september after apple released security updates for its iphones ipads all other you know i whatevers bro i feel like they keep updating the iphone and giving you less stuff you know what i mean like (laughs) the next time it's going to be like you just get the iphone sold separately okay there was a vulnerability reportedly exploited by the invasive Pegasus software. And that's kind of a very generous way of saying they built it to allow surveillance, right? <laughs> like, it, was, it was an invasive vulnerability. It's like, no, they coded it that way, right? It was, they, were, they were chit-chatting behind scenes to talk about how to best spy on people. Anyways, the security fix stemmed from research done by a public interest cybersecurity group called Citizen Lab. Shout out Citizen Lab in Toronto. They have been doing absolutely fantastic work when it comes to exposing the surveillance state, the, you know, methods of repression used by the occupation. They found a Saudi activist's phone had been infected with Pegasus. In July, researchers found evidence of attempted or successful installations of Pegasus in 37 phones of activists, journalists, and business executives. So that's pretty cool. That's a sanctions win, right? Yeah. We always talk about BDS, boycott, divestment, sanctions, and that is a win for sanctions.
0: Yep. Also along the lines of spyware and technology and data and and all that good stuff. Yara Hawari tweeted that the Palestinian NGOs that were flagged as so-called terrorist organizations by Israel revealed that their staff members' phones were hacked with the Israeli Pegasus software. So you can see very clearly how the development and utilization of this Software against Palestinians is leading to even more disastrous consequences for our ability to fight for our human rights. They just need a new hobby. This is what I think about often with Zionists. (laughs) Like They spend so much time being Zionist that it really is. I mean, when they speak about how it is a personality trait, it's because they spend so much time being that thing. If you're racist and all you do is spend all day long talking about how racist you are, that takes up a lot of your time. What if one day you realize that racism sucks? Now you have all this time. You know what I mean? So it's like, what are they going to do? Yeah. Like, what are millions of Zionists going to do the day that the apartheid state falls and they realize that Zionism is racism and is no longer accepted by the, the international community? And the, the cost of supporting the apartheid state is greater than what it was yielding to its you know, colonial backers, a.k.a. the U.S. What are they going to do with all that time?
1: You realize that the people who human trafficked and enslaved Black people—they kept them slaves for like a few years after they were free. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like they're not going to give that hobby up. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they're still going to try to be Zionist, even yeah. if in like a in like a
1: a post-Zionist, a post-Zionist world. They're Zionist still going to try world. and be Zionist. Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, Yeah,
1: that's yeah. why I'm saying it's like you cannot legislate or reason your way out of this situation
0: I, I i still remember getting messages from former zionists who were like hey i used to think that way and i don't think that way anymore i know it's possible do i think everybody that is capable
1: of it is great
0: do i think everyone is capable no those
1: I think are I'll not th- the people with the guns
0: yeah well, they had guns, right? They must have had guns at they some weren't, point. They were—they
1: probably weren't big fans of them. You know right. what I mean?
0: Like all those breaking the silence people, they had the guns yeah, at one. There's point. look,
1: listen. There is a minority of the population, but yeah. it's not—it's not the po- its not the population at large. And to think that it's possible on a mass scale—I don't know.
0: I mean, I think I go back to the the episode with Mikko Pellet, you know, where he just tells us that the majority of the people Mm -hmm. in apartheid Israel are very, very racist.
1: Obviously, we remember how they had a total conniption, a meltdown over the Ben and Jerry's decision. Israeli foreign minister has sent out a tweet. uh, Yair Lapid sent out a tweet that thanked the New York state for the state's divestment from Ben and Jerry's at the request of the occupation, right? The tweet says, congratulations and thanks to the state of New York for responding to our request and withdrawing $100 from its investment in Ben and Jerry's due to the boycott of Israel. We will continue to fight BDS and anti-Semitism everywhere and without hesitation. Isn't it so wild that he literally doesn't seem to understand that it's problematic for him to be dictating the policy of a state of New York It doesn't register with him that like, that's not cool. He's yeah. like, listen, we're we're thank you so much publicly. Thank you. That's <laughs> like a back channel type yeah. of thing. That's the type of thing yes. you send on signal so yeah. that it can't be requested <laughs> in a court. <laughs> Right. Like he's he's tweeting it. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: He says over 30 states in the United States have passed anti BDS Mm -hmm. legislation in recent years. I plan on asking each one of them to enforce these laws against Ben and Jerry's. They will not treat the state of Israel like this without a response.
0: There's some discussion now about reopening the U.S consulate for palestine in jerusalem of course naftali bennett is against it he said there's no room in jerusalem for a u.s consulate for palestinians which is so curious because this is coming from the same guy who in the same breath will announce thousands of new units Coming up in Jerusalem, thousands of new settlements, you know? And he's like, no, nah, we don't well, have room. that's why there's for- no room, right? <laughs> Yeah, we, we don't <laughs> have room for one building. We got room for a 1,000, though, if it's for Jews. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. He's overbooked Jews, and so there's no space for any Palestinians in his mind.
0: Yeah. My position, which has been presented to the Americans by myself and by foreign minister, Lapid, is that there is no place for an American consulate that serves the Palestinians in Jerusalem? Bennett said, "Yuck."
1: Yikes! He was born in California.
0: He was literally born in California. Like he literally, <laughs> literally was born in California.
1: That's a that's a yikes for me. <laughs> Flew yeah. across the world and is like, oh, no more space over here. Yeah. Uh, Not indigenous population, be gone.
0: Be gone. Of course, the Biden administration promised the Palestinian authority that it would reopen the consulate, but obviously it hasn't made good on this promise or any other promise, if it even made that promise, you know, people ask, like, what's the difference between Democrats and Republicans on Palestine? And the answer is Republicans will tell you they're fucking you and Democrats will tell you they're not fucking you while they're fucking you.
1: Yeah, draped in a Palestinian flag and kente cloth.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: Taking a kneel.
0: <laughs> but that's in the exactly the That's exactly it. It was like Biden was like, yeah, you know, we'll reopen the consulate. We'll provide some humanitarian assistance to owner while was basically like non-existent. Like they're like, every day there's like Erdogan, new- <laughs> Erdogan
1: heard that and they were like, What? <laughs> Are we back in <laughs> <laughs>
0: every
1: day? we've been off. Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dude, every day I'm reading like a new like alert that's like Unerwa like is going to cease to exist. Slowly in 12 deteriorating. Seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah of slowly. look, look, look. Twelve, 12 minutes ago. I literally just typed Unarwa into Google 12 minutes ago. Unarwa <laughs> chief seeks funding to avert financial collapse. Like that was yeah. twelve minutes tell me, ago.
1: Tell me why Ernawa put out a GoFundMe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly, and yeah, one of one of Biden's things was like, "Yeah, we're going to restore humanitarian assistance to Ernawa. and you know, it's like Biden fuck, said, man. "I put two
1: hundred on the GoFundMe." <laughs> exactly. What um, more do y'all want? Jeez.
0: The head of the UN aid agency for Palestinian refugees is warning that the organization is in the danger zone and faces potential collapse. So the, the commissioner general of UNRWA is a guy by the name of Philippe Lazzarini, does not sound Palestinian. And he basically appealed last month for urgent funding of around 120 million to keep education, healthcare, and other services running. Despite the fact that Qatar had pledged 18 million to UNRWA and Biden had restored some 235 million in aid to Palestinian refugees in April, the situation remains very dire. And basically, I'm looking at the Al Jazeera article, which is describing how other countries like the UK, which was funding UNRWA, reduced its funding in the last year, and the funding has been pulled from a lot of different sources. And of course, UNRWA is a fully humanitarian agency. They literally serve the Palestinian refugees that Israel expelled from their homes and who now some 70, you know, over 70 years later are still stateless in camps and living off of UNRWA food rations, essentially.
1: Or as Israel calls them, a terrorist group.
0: Yeah. Have they called Onurwa a terrorist group? I don't know. Like, they probably know, have. They probably the have. Joke? Yeah, for sure. But like, I was just like, oh, did they also do that? But like, I don't know. Yeah, so basically, they are not sure that they're going to last, un- like, a- literally, even until the end of the month. And
1: yeah, hey, but that's what Biden is committed to, right? <laughs> right. He's putting gas in the Titanic, and we love it. We love to see it. So- Meanwhile, the people at UNRWA are like, it's been a pleasure playing with you, gentlemen. It's been yeah. an honor and a privilege. <laughs> Women and children towards the boats. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Over 500 scholars launch a fight back against the Israeli lobby. This is from October 25th. The question is whether universities like Glasgow will continue to submit to attacks on academic life under the cover of false or evidence-free claims of anti-Semitism. Love how they said that hundreds of international scholars have begun a fight back against pro-Israel lobbyists who have been scoring increasingly high profile victories on UK campuses as they seek to curb academic freedoms under the guise of stamping out anti-Semitism. Glasgow University Officials found themselves in the eye of a storm this week accused of capitulating in two separate cases that have undermined academic research into the activities of Israel and its supporters. More than 500 scholars from around the world, including a Nobel Prize winner, Royal Society Fellows, and a former and current presidents of major academic bodies signed a petition delivered to the university this week in protest. They called it extraordinary that Glasgow had recently apologized and labeled as hate speech a peer-reviewed article on the Israeli lobby in the university's postgraduate magazine. The scholars warned that Glasgow's actions could have potentially very damning consequences for research on Israel. They pointed out that the university's stance implies that other groups, states, and corporations can all be subject to critical academic analysis, but commentary on pro-Israel advocacy must be limited. Separately, the main body representing Middle East academics in Britain wrote to the Scottish University last week after its politics department took the unprecedented step of demanding the right to vet a talk on Israeli and Palestinian politics. The university had invited a Danish professor to speak about his latest book, but then insisted on new conditions, apparently, after caving into pressure from a Zionist student body. Concerns have also been raised that the university appears to have intended to seek the Zionist student's approval before agreeing to the talk going ahead. This is a part of the, you know, redefining of anti-Semitism using the IHRA definition. Turns the focus away from hatred or fear of Jews. Instead, most of its 11 illustrative examples of anti Semitism relate to Israel.
0: Yes. And this is also happening around the same time that several other countries are actually now adopting. The IHRA definition. Just one week ago, it was reported that a Polish government ministry released a statement online earlier this month saying that Poland recognizes the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism. And before that, you had Australia endorsing the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism a couple of weeks ago an italian soccer league adopted the ihra definition of anti-semitism which is really weird because why do soccer leagues need to have an, a definition of anti-semitism like what is that
1: everybody needs their own definition <laughs>
0: like, what is that That's so they're turning weird. into
1: oprah where it's like you get a definition you get a definition you get a definition <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) The severe threat to academic freedom posed by pro-Israel lobbyists and the IHRA definition were highlighted earlier this month when an expert scholar on propaganda and Islamophobia, David Miller, was sacked by Bristol University. The lobby had accused him of anti-Semitic harassment after he highlighted its role as one of five pillars supporting the promotion of Islamophobia or hatred towards Muslims, Arabs, and Palestinians. Bristol University dismissed Miller, even though documents leaked last week showed that the senior lawyer it appointed to investigate the case found there was no misconduct by Miller and there was no basis for any disciplinary action. That is a direct quote.
0: Yeah. So now something like 30 states have adopted this definition of antisemitism, which, I get, again, the the the... the the consequence and and what's at stake here is that it's going to make it more difficult for Palestinians who are subject to Israeli state violence to speak about the human rights violations that they are experiencing. Because if they do so, it will then be viewed as a critique of Israel, which will then be viewed as making an anti-Semitic statement. And of course, I mean, if you're just a person with half a brain cell, if somebody is speaking about how their house was destroyed and how they were beaten and kidnapped and jailed and how their olive trees were uprooted, all of the above by the actions of a state, a sovereign state, right? Those complaints in no world constitute anti-Semitism, which is hatred of of Jewish people for being Jewish, Palestinians have legitimate grievances, their human rights are being violated, and they should be able to talk about that without facing this level of censorship that the endorsement or the adoption of the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism is going to exacerbate because it's already happening
1: yeah and if they are speaking about it in public, they will be tracked by a camera, and their profile will be uploaded to a database where they will increase their alert score, probably you know yeah. and wolf, uh,
0: blue wolf stopped at a checkpoint wolf pack or whatever. Virginia Wolf, Lone Wolf.
1: Dude, what fucking losers they are. Where they just keep coming up with these weird names. They're like Pegasus, Blue Wolf. Like, bro, y'all are weird sounds and like, creepy. Stop it.
0: Sounds like like flavors of like
1: Doritos. <laughs> Blue Wolf.
0: Yeah, like 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 flavors of Doritos. Ranch. I was going to say like energy drinks like like a Powerade or something, you know. Um, like but-
1: apartheid cool ranch dish
0: shit. <laughs> yeah or like vitamin water or some shit like i don't know because you know the vitamin water's got some weird ass like names as well but you know that's that's what we're dealing with here
1: dude leave wolves alone they got nothing to do with your fucking <laughs> weird surveillance system no do then you have cameras like what are you talking about
0: yeah yeah i don't know i mean you can add that to the list of like really weird you know, anytime they commit a military assault, they give them really weird names yeah. too.
1: Castled,
0: yeah. And what did they call their assaults in May? So, so there was Castled, and then 2012 there was Pillar of Defense, and then
1: Pillar of Defense. That's so disrespectful.
0: I know. And then Castled was was 2008, 2009.
1: That one sounds like Rambo named it.
0: What did they call the one in May? That was. Oh, I, I think they called up. it
1: a genocide. Okay, no,
0: Wikipedia will always have an answer. Sometimes Zionist, but it'll yeah, at least give written me
1: the by the <laughs> If You check the edits on that bitch. It's yeah, seriously, pretty shady.
0: Remember when they were arresting everyone in May in '48, yeah. like mass arrests. They called yeah. that Operation... it was
1: their it was their crystal knot,
0: yeah, they called that operation law and order
1: don don
0: okay, yes, okay, 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 yes, this was directed what by
1: David Wolf or whatever the fuck
0: and and the the military assaults themselves were referred to as Operation Guardian of the Wolves, like what? It sounds like Guardian of the Walls. It sounds like they think that they're in a video game and that like each time they bomb Gaza, it's like a new edition of the video game. So they're like,
1: you know, what's crazy is, is Guardian of the Walls sounds like Nazi watchtower.
0: Actually, I just came across an article that, that, that is commenting on, Israel's naming of its military campaigns. And they list like all of the last, basically since 2006, they list them all. So 2006, when Israel dropped bombs on Gaza for the first time after they withdrew their settlers, they called that summer rains.
1: They spell it rains like R-A-I-N-S or rains like rain supreme. No, like
0: R-A-I-N, like precipitation. Gotcha. Then there was Operation Cast in 2009. Then there was Operation Pillar of Defense 2012. Then there was Protective Edge 2014. Then there was Operation Black Belt in 2019, which was only for three days. Operation
1: Black Belt?
0: I don't know. And then there was Guardian of the Walls, which is the genocide for May. In the 16 years since Israel withdrew from occupied Gaza by withdrawing its settlers, but not by ending the occupation, they have launched six large-scale military operations violating a whole host of international standards, human rights standards and humanitarian standards. Their military operations are taking place on an average of one every two and a half years.
1: And we've also learned that the technology increases every time, right? We we spoke to Malak Matar, and she let us know that every single time they bomb, it gets worse and worse. And just recently, BreakingDefense.com reported that Israel is requesting America's new GBU-72 bunker buster bombs. Because we learned that the Palestinians have gone underground as a method of defense. The Israelis uh, plan to ask the U.S. to sell its new 5,000-pound GBU-72 bomb to the IDF. Already, planners have shared operational lessons from their use of GBU-28 bomb with the U.S. Air Force in order to help develop operational profiles on gbu 72 they hope that washington will okay the eventual sale of gbu 72 so that they can literally start bombing underground in gaza they're not they're not happy with just bombing buildings that are existing right they want to destroy the lifeline of palestinians the underground network of tunnel that allows people to bring food in to a place that has been under siege for over 15 years, it allows them to bring in just enough to survive. And the Israelis want to bomb that. The Israelis said, no, 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 no. We see what you've done under the most dire of circumstances that we've made your life a literal hell, Every single day you wake up scared. You don't know if you're going to die. You've managed to innovate, right? You've managed to do what Jews did in the Warsaw ghetto, which is build an underground network of tunnels. And what we are going to do as the occupation is destroy that with weapons from America. Thank you so much, Daddy Biden. Hey, but uh, also shout out to that funding for Ernawa.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's there actually was... a
1: perfect encapsulation of U.S. policy when it comes to Israel and Palestinians, right? The bare minimum, literally, for Palestinians while, like, you're funding, you're, you're talking about funding an agency that is literally on its way out talking about we're having a bake sale tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing right. car washes at right. Ernawa, right. And <laughs> right. And you're talking about Hey, we're gonna send them a little bit of sh- a little bit of scratch. You know what I mean? A little <laughs> right. bit of you'd be all right, kiddo. And then you send a bunker buster bomb right. to the occupation, right. and it's like, doesn't we, that create yeah. more people for Anawa? To doesn't that? Isn't well, that, it would
0: if they would let you, it would if Israel would let them leave Gaza. Leave. But since they're in prison, right? right yeah. No, but that didn't stop them from creating the majority of refugees when they did look. Yeah. I mean, seems
1: counterproductive. I, I'm no businessman. You know? <laughs> right, right. I'm not the U S government, so I can't tell you, but if I was making things it's up, like,
0: it's like, it's like if a house is on fire and you're like, Hey, let's, let's take a, this cup, and and just you know like (laughs) try to put it out right (laughs) fill it up with water and then you're also like simultaneously like flooding it with kerosene and like explosives
1: (laughs) yes like
0: which throw some
1: dynamite on that bad boy
0: what are you really trying to do you know what i mean that's like start a fire in a nutshell
1: and then they're like, we didn't start the fire. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: right, 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 right. And then they're like, no, no, we're, we're a broker for peace. That's what they call themselves. Uh, uh, you know, like.
1: They're going broker for peace. <laughs>
0: right. I don't know what it is. The Hot Ritz reported today that settlers used a club to break a Palestinian man's arm. And the colonial cop returned the weapon to the settlers. That's the headline, folks.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, what do you? What's he going to break people's arms with if he doesn't have his club?
0: That's the headline. Honestly, sometimes you got to love the hot ritz because it's just like this is what happened. This is just it.
1: They literally don't see any problem with the fucking fascism that's happening. I don't know if
0: it's like if that headline was like slightly sorry sarcastic. I don't know. I devastating news. You may have seen his photo circulating on social media. This last week, the occupation killed another Palestinian teenager at a protest in the occupied West Bank last Friday. The protests were taking place against the expansion of illegal Israeli settlements in the West Bank. And the young boy, Mohammed Dadaz, died at a hospital after being shot in the stomach by an occupation soldier. According to Defense for Children International, at least 12 Palestinian children have been killed by Israeli occupation forces in the occupied West Bank, not including Gaza, so far this year. And of course, Defense for Children International is one of the organizations that Israel says is a terrorist organization. And as you can see, they're being cited in this Democracy Now! article providing statistics on how many Palestinian children Israel kills. So, you know, we need to come up with a new definition of terrorist, I think.
1: <laughs> like, hey, there's a soccer league that needs to adopt the new definition of terrorism.
0: <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> or a Debka troop or something. Um, Let me know
1: when Manchester United has a new definition for terrorism. <laughs> Folks, that has been another episode of the Palestine Pod. Thank you all so much for listening. Please go to our website, check out all of our sources, www.palestinepod.com. Go ahead and follow us on Instagram at thepalestinepod and check us out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash palestinepod. We also have an email if you're trying to send us some direct feedback, and that is palestinepod at gmail.com. And that has been another episode of the Palestine Pod. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great day. You dressed like a chola in a fashion show,
0: dude. Don't talk to me. Those
1: pockets are... could hold.
0: Those <laughs> pockets could hold
1: beer canisters. I'm giving off unruly professor vibes. You know how are you feeling?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm surviving. I was, yesterday was not good. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: Glad you're vertical again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. She just hit me back.
0: What'd she say?
1: She said, You guys, I was filming in Haifa. I'm on the highway right now. I can make it home by the time I record I'm So sorry. Wait. Uh, she thought she could. Good, okay, but can you? I mean, so no. sh- we all so know she's on know. a
0: Jewish road, so what's the yeah. issue here? <laughs> like,
1: you see, that's hilarious. We're keeping that. <laughs>
0: We've been getting some hate. Yeah, we should just. Do you think have that, we? we
1: got one we review? We got like a
0: couple. We got a review. We got a comment. We got. It's like.
1: It's honestly you, so you think- much less than I've been expecting. Really? Like, I thought we were going to be on the act.il app almost immediately. And we've basically flown under the radar for like six months almost, you know? So it's like, yeah, Yeah. go ahead. Write us one review. We have like 400 positive reviews. (laughs) You look stupid.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I was wondering if it was like (laughs) the beginning of something, but it's all good.
1: You know, I mean, you know how it is. When they find our shit, it just means our numbers go up. So <laughs> let them find our shit. Let them find it.
0: But you delete all the bad comments. But you can't. Exactly. So what does <laughs> yeah. it matter? Yeah. <laughs>